Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops FanCast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't remember what I usually say here. I'm just going to say that this game sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I usually say follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore Sydney Myers. Marty is at Martin L. Myers. You follow the show on at Dallas Hoops Cast. Uh, listen to new episodes at DallasHoopsCast.com. Okay. This game sucked. Um, and just, I think a lot of things went wrong, none of which are really things that typically go wrong. Yeah. It but just, it, it was a frustrating game to watch. It's just one of those games. I mean, you're not going to win every single game. And, well, and like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Went I wrong. mean, yeah. not only could the Mavs not get threes, but they were missing dunks. Yeah, there were two dunks yeah, that popped just, out. Like, you how know, often does that happen? And, and like I said, when Brokoff is missing threes, yeah, there's something wrong. Yeah. So yeah. they just they couldn't they couldn't make a shot. I'm just gonna say this. You know, we we watch every game. Okay. And we go through the season. Yeah, there's missed calls. That have happened to the Mavs, but never are we where you're watching the entire game, yeah. and 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 just so frustrated with the lack. I'm sorry, my my blood vessels are about <laughs> to explode. Like the, you you allow the Lakers to play so physical, yeah, so physical, and don't call anything, and and you know broke off. Is guarding Anthony Davis <laughs> and somehow throws and him Davis, to the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, okay. Can we just not and fa- like clearly, like I said, we watch every game. This is the only time where we're frustrated with the lack of yeah. calls is when you're playing the Lakers. Yeah, that's another thing that went wrong tonight. Um, the officiating was just weird, and everybody was talking about it on Twitter. Like. <sighs> So it was a blowout. Obviously, the officiating was not the reason it was a blowout. There was a lot of things that went wrong, but that was one thing that was frustrating. It was like there were some things that were clearly fouls yep. that were not getting called. And it, yeah, it was really, really frustrating to watch that. There's nothing you can do about it. I think if the Mavs had been making their shots and guarded the rim at some point, at least once or twice, yeah, they just the game would have been different. But... Yeah, it seems like when they play the Lakers, it just, I don't know, the Lakers just get, the last time the Mavs played them, or maybe it was the one at home, Luka was getting thrown around, well, his it, head got busted yes. open, you know, it was just, every time it's, it, they let them play They let more them physically. play so physical against the Mavericks, and, yeah. and the Mavericks can't do anything, and it's a, it's a foul, and it, it just gets, it just gets irritating, like, you know, and people will say, Mavs got out physicaled. You know, they got well, bullied. It's a and it's foul. like, it, yeah, if you're allowed to just <laughs> to foul. foul, then yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. But yeah. that that's ridiculous. And yeah. and it's it's so freaking stupid because you can't allow that stuff. And it's clearly and then the, the Laker players to have the audacity to, to complain. complain after it's a like, call. you know, yeah. like you I don't know. It it's just it's really frustrating. Yeah. And it's only when you play the Lakers, so yeah. I, I that that was tough to watch, and and it was like across the board. I know Luca on several plays um, seemed like he got fouled. You mentioned the play with Brokoff where he somehow threw Anthony Davis to the ground. Um, Berea a couple times, Dwight Powell a few times, Delon Wright a few times. Yeah. It was like everybody. What do you need to do to yeah. get a foul call? And it's yeah. I guess just don't play the Lakers, and you'll get these foul calls. Yeah. It, so so that was tough to watch, and then you couple that with. The Mavericks couldn't make a shot to Mm-mm. save their lives, and it's just compounded. It was like a, yeah. a snowball. And it's like, look, it's a loss. So I'm not going to sit here and and say we need to trade everybody or do all this crap. It, you just you're going to lose some games, and it just hurts because you lost to the Lakers in yeah. Los Angeles. And there's going to be people that say you know a bunch of different things, but you know, in all reality, we beat them on their home court the last time we played them. So. We can beat this team, but tonight was just one of those nights where yeah. nothing was going our way. Our the the shots weren't dropping. The the, only the calls thing, weren't going our way. The only thing that I think is, well, just one point I would make: the Mavs were on the second night of a back to back, but so were the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of the um, like the mental lapses that the Mavs had, particularly on defense or missing shots. 
Like that's usually when you're on the second night of a back-to-back on the road, you're like, well, this is what happens. Um, like, except the Lakers didn't make the yeah, same but, mistakes. But the Lakers were at home. And yeah, there is so a maybe difference that helps. for yeah. that. And, you know, like I said, you just you lose some games. And, and yeah. winning on the road is hard in general. And the Mavs have a great road record, even with this loss tonight. But winning on the road is hard. And you're just... You know, sometimes you just lose some games, and they just happen to lose tonight. And a lot of things didn't go the way they normally go for the Mavs. They don't normally miss that many wide-open shots. Yeah, They happen to tonight, and obviously, you're going to lose. The next time we play them and they drop, then we have nothing to worry about. Um, Their defense... The- well, the Lakers only have 106 points. Yeah, but... Or all of I guess those, 108 All of those were layups. That. Well, they were. It was, <laughs> that's it was part like of a the, layup line. Yeah, that's part of the breakdown that the Mavs had. Yeah. They got destroyed in the paint. And it was like, we're, we're like, you don't, you're... <laughs> Don't just guard the court. The rim is the goal. Yeah, like you want to make sure they don't get a layup there. And it was like they would I felt like their defense, you know, one on one was pretty good. I, I thought they stayed with their guy. Perimeter defense was pretty good, but it was like suddenly if they got in the paint, it was a wide open layup and yep. it was like, guys, hello, guard. So I I mean, I don't know it like I would want to go back and watch the game to be able to see exactly what the Lakers were doing to get those looks. Maybe it was the scheme. Maybe it was the Mavs, uh, like, mental lapses, or maybe I think it, it was just being tired. I don't know. The athleticism of the front court players that the Lakers have, LeBron can literally just throw it up in the air. And yeah. if you don't see that all season long, then that can catch you off guard. Well, Obvi- th- obviously, if you catch that in a playoff series, you know, then you're able yeah. to to scout against that. But tonight, and the Mavs just weren't sharp. They yeah. just weren't sharp offensively and defensively. You can really tell right from the the tip. They just they lacked energy. Yeah, they I've never seen their defense be this mm-hmm. poor this season. And so, like on the one hand, at least in the paint. Yeah, on yeah. the one hand, it was extremely frustrating to watch. But on the other hand, it's like this. I've never seen this happen. Mm-hmm. So either the Lakers made an offensive adjustment that just like made them the Showtime Lakers, or the Mavericks, like something crazy just happened that's probably not going to happen again. So, I mean, it was frustrating, but again, I've never seen them play defense like yeah. that. So um, another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the post play. And and we actually, so after this segment, we have another segment that we already recorded talking about um, Carlisle's reaction to using the post or really not using the post, the reason why he feels that way. And I think we, for the most part, agree with the logic. Um, and so that segment is a little little later on. But now seeing this game, do you still feel the same way? That, yes. That First of all... And, and, and our opinion was much the same as Carlisle's, that it's just not an efficient play. And look, Anthony Davis is not posting up. These aren't post-ups for him. He's not... Like, yeah, every he does back down a lot, but he faces up most of the time, and he attacks the basket. Yeah, sometimes his back is against the basket. But we're talking about, you know, just getting the ball back and down, doing a turnaround, hook shot, whatever. No, that's not what's happening. And not only that, it's one game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just it's one game, the second night of a back-to-back, on the road, you just... You're going to lose that. So what do you define as a post-up? A post-up is is the classic Shaq, you know, Hakeem. You give the guy, or Tim Duncan. Yeah. He gets the ball with his back already at the basket, on the block. Okay. He backs down, does a fake spin move, real spin move, whatever, hook shot, you know, turn around, one, you know, tapping in or whatever. It's That's what a, a post-up is. The stuff that Anthony Davis does, the majority of his ISOs are ISOs. They're not post-ups because he's facing the basket and he attacks the basket left or right. Okay. Do you? So you don't think that's what Carlisle is referring to when he says... Well, he, he might be because that's also an inefficient shot, especially for yeah. the Mavs because outside of Luka, the Mavericks don't really have somebody that can attack somebody one-on-one. Yeah. I think that's another point is like particularly for the Mavs, it's an inefficient shot because 
they don't have anybody yeah. that's really good at well, that. The, Even Porzingis, well, he might be better in the future, but just right now, he's not good at it. An ISO is not a good shot, period. Even it's if it's Luka, it's yeah. not a good play. That's why they don't ever ISO Luka. They don't just have him go one-on-one. They set screens for him. They they run actions for him. Yeah. To just give the ball to a guy and say, hey, go to work while everybody else stands there, which is what the Lakers do with Anthony Davis. And because he's a great player, he makes it a lot. But it's such an inefficient offensive play that can really bite you, especially in the playoffs when the defenses are really, really good and you're going against a, a top-level defender. He would have to score every time, and everybody else is just standing around watching. It's just it's a bad offensive play. And just because the Lakers won tonight doesn't mean it's <laughs> well, the right way to go. Yeah, I agree with that. Like we said earlier, the a lot of things went wrong for yeah. the Mavericks. And I don't think you could say, oh, the Lakers posted up. That's why they won. Oh, I mean, so, yeah, a, yeah, a lot of things happened. So um, you, so when you think that Carlisle, when he says no one posts up anymore, he is still referring to... The traditional post. But he also referring to what Anthony Davis does. Really? And like maybe ISO. you don't call that a post, well, but Carlisle does. I think does. he singled on the post play because that's what the criticism was with, yeah. with Porzingis. But if you were to ask him the same thing about an ISO play, he'd yeah. probably give you the same answer because an ISO is also just especially well, a, a, a mid-range ISO, which is the, the reason Carmelo was out of the league was because true. that was his game. And now we're praising Anthony Davis, who, don't get me wrong, is great. But what has he done? Like, he hasn't won in the playoffs. And Mark Jackson tonight saying Anthony Davis is a Hall of Famer. And oh, he, he said that? Yeah, not only did he say he's a Hall of Famer, but when Dave Pash said that Anthony Davis has to prove it in the playoffs, Mark Jackson, I disagree. He's already a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. It's like, oh, so he gets a free pass. Yeah. And yet Dirk, for decades... You know, or for a whole decade, they were yeah. ripping him because he couldn't advance well, in the playoffs. Mark Jackson also said that the Mavs needed to put a true point guard in. Yes. Over oh Luka my God. In order to help Luka out. It's because like, of three possessions of Luka Avery Bradley. is a point guard. Anyway. Um, yeah. But my point was like, so like whatever Anthony Davis does, whatever you want to call it, that is an inc- ISO play. Yeah, it's that not is included in what, and, yes. I, and I think that's also what like Shaq and Chuck and everyone is talking about when they say Porzingis needs to post up. Whatever we might think that is, I think they're talking about even yes. what Anthony okay. Davis does. Okay, so kind of like back in the early 2000s when or like it was Dirk Duncan and Dirk and yeah. KG the, the, and Paul Pierce. They think that Porzingis should do that. That's what just, Davis does. First of all, there's a reason why nobody does that anymore. Because it's just inefficient. You know, if you look at the shooting percentages of the superstars in the early 2000s, like 2001 to 2010 or whatever, they were shooting like 45% tops. Dirk was 46, 47%. You're talking about one of the greatest shooters of all time. It's because their offense was so hard. It was give him the ball, let him go to work. Yeah. And, you know, that's what Davis does, and he's good at it. But that's going to bite him because... You know, and it, it has bitten them against the the Mavericks. They beat them yeah. the last time because the Mavericks are getting wide open threes. Beat them twice, really. Yeah. But well, yeah. 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 Um, well, and and I don't want like you know because since that we already recorded that segment later on, like I don't want to talk about it so much now because then it'll just be doubling up. But my my last point on this would be that a lot of people say that the Mavericks in the playoffs in order to be successful. They need to be able to run those post plays. So my thought, and then I'll get your thought on that. My thought is that I don't think the Mavericks are completely against running post plays. I think they would be okay with it. They just don't want to rely on it. They're not going to call it 20 times a game. And so it's like, yeah, if they need to do that in the playoffs or if they have a mismatch, I think they will do it if necessary. I just think they don't, it's not a large part of their offense. There's no need. Like, yeah, if, if you have Shaq, then that's yeah, different yeah. because a Shaq post-up was a dunk. And obviously, you want to take a dunk every single yeah. time. You know, it's just, who who are we going to post up? Porzingis? That's not well, his yeah. game. It, and that's the thing. He's just not doing that very no. well right now. Yeah. And he's doing other things and, well. And who's the last champion yeah. that had a go-to post-up play? You would make the case that it was Dirk. Yeah. Ever since Dirk, no one, no one's had a post-up player 
Yeah. Win the championship. Don't say Kevin Durant because that's not what Durant did. It's not really his. No. He's not known for that. Yeah. No, I, I think the Mavs are fine. I think it's it's one game. It's one game and you lost on the road against the number one seed in the West on the second night of a back-to-back. It's just going to happen. When you, everything went. When, like, yeah. You, you, you couldn't make a shot. You couldn't make you a couldn't dunk. You couldn't get a stop for, for whatever reason. Yeah, you, you couldn't make a dunk. Tim Hardaway Jr. got injured. Luca got For a little hair, bit, hurt. yeah. Yeah. So it's just everything went wrong. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., they said it's a, his hamstring, hamstring which yeah. can be really tricky. Yeah. I know they're probably going to want to be super careful about that, which I understand. That's one of the things that can kind of linger if you're not careful about it. So hopefully he's not out for too long. But yeah, overall, it was just a, it was a really tough it's, game. It sucked. Yeah, it sucked. It just really the, sucked. The, the thing that was most frustrating to me is the, the refs allowing the physicality. Yeah, it, it just didn't help. And like, it's like, it know. had to be so abrasive where they finally had to call it, but you know, you would watch Avery Bradley just kind of foul, 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 foul. Know, then finally, yeah. after like the fifth time he fouled him, they would call it. It's like, well, why don't you just call it on the first time? Yeah. And I, I think that was really frustrating. Like I said, that, that only happens when we play the Lakers. And it's really dumb and annoying. And yeah, we, we went like 13 of 43 from three-point land at 30%. Yeah. On the road, you're just not going to win very many of those Yeah, games. again, and that's one of those things that just... They're, that's they're, they that's average, been their strength this year. They're like 37% yeah. for the season. I mean, they have the number one offense in the league. So this game, you could easily argue, is the An exception. Yeah. 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 So anyways, that's the Lakers game. I, I think that's pretty much... I don't really want to talk more about that. In our next segment, uh, we're going to talk about the Warriors game. So in this upcoming segment, when we talk about the Warriors, we talked about their mental toughness. Is anything about this game, before people hear that segment, anything about this game kind of change your mind a little bit? No. Yeah, me neither. No, like, I, like I said, I, there was just so many weird things happened that never... Just, yeah. You know, it's funny because whenever the Mavs would have a second night of a back-to-back and it would be against Utah or Denver or Portland, they would say scheduled loss. Yeah. Why is it any different when you're going against the Lakers, the number one team in the West? I know they were yeah. on the second and night of a back to back. I think that's the only too, reason why. But, but really, you're on the road. Yeah. And not only that, remember the the amount of travel the Mavericks have done over yeah. the last ten games. Yeah, they we had talked Milwaukee, about it. Yeah. Philadelphia. We yeah. talked about that before this ten game stretch that they were going on. It wasn't just the teams they were playing; it was the amount of travel that they were also yeah. going on, and it. It just looked like it caught up with them in this game. And I think after about the first seven minutes, you can tell they weren't interested. Yeah. They they were just done with the whole game. The whole team was like that. Okay, so we're gonna move on. We talked about the the Warriors game. We talked more about the post ups, um, our thoughts on that, and a couple more um thoughts on just the the team in general. So we'll go on to that to those segments now. Okay, let's go back to the Warriors game. The Mavs ended up blowing out the Warriors 141 to 121. But before really the middle of the third quarter, um, it was a lot closer than that. And in fact, they went into halftime down two Two, points, I think. Um, And one big takeaway that I think we both got from this was the toughness that the Mavericks showed. Did you just say the Mavs and toughness in the same sentence? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think they show toughness from on two counts. First, just in basketball terms. So the Warriors came out like literally, I mean, really it was D'Angelo Russell on on fire. fire. Yeah, I mean, I think he was seven for 11 at some point and like six for six from the three-point line. It was just a barrage. And Luka kept them in it, which is what an MVP does. But really just overall, the way that the team didn't get down they just kept playing their basketball they kept playing you know executing their offense they just kept scoring and really that the way that the warriors came out that should have been a blowout the way that they were shooting and so i think i showed a lot of toughness for them to not be phased by it they just kept playing they just kept scoring and eventually they asserted their will and eventually blew out the Warriors despite how hot they started. Yeah, and people could say, well, the Ma- it was the Mavericks' defense wasn't that good. I mean, 
obviously, when you allow a team to score 74 points, there can be some improvements. Yeah. But come on, let's be honest. He was on fire. Golden State in general was yeah. on every three well, was going in. It was like I tweeted, you could leave D'Angelo Russell wide open and he wouldn't make all those shots. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, he was just He doesn't on make that fire. many in practice. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, you know, yeah, the Mavericks defense could have been better, but it is what it is. But in the past, if if they came out against a team that started off on fire like that, previous seasons, they would have been down 74 yeah. to 52. Like, it would be over yeah. in by the, the first quarter. quarter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they did show a lot of toughness by not Staying crumbling. The yeah, in the hostile environment, all these threes going in, the crowd's going nuts, and we would just come down and get an open shot like we do every single time. And score and just make more and more shots. And as the game progressed, you saw in the second half, the shots stopped falling for the Warriors because they were just, they're just not that good. Yeah. Whereas the Mavericks are. Are, yeah. And and so they just kept scoring. Despite what antics or whatever the Warriors were trying to do to, to get them off their game or to, you get know, inside expose their head. them <laughs> yeah. how soft of a team they are, which I, I don't understand why, why this is the case, but... Well, I thought I, I was thinking I, I tweeted this too. Like this shows how good the Mavericks' offense is mm-hmm. because yeah, they showed the toughness to continue executing. But when you think about it, the the Warriors were on fire. They were shooting out of their minds, and the Mavericks and the crowd were, going nuts. Yes, yeah, but the Mavericks were able to stay right with them offensively. Like that's. That's compared. I was like, is that what it's like for other teams to play the Mavericks? Like when we're <laughs> able to keep pace with a team that's shooting like this, is that what it's like for the uh, for the opponent? Like, oh my God, these guys just make everything. Like that's how good it has their to be deflating is. for yeah. an opposing team because you know the Warriors knew they were on fire. Yeah, like they recognize. Oh my God, everything <laughs> is falling. But they were only up by two, and they're like, what do we got to do yeah. to get a lead? We just scored 74 points in the first half, and we're only up by two. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It's, At it's, home. Yeah. It's got to be deflating when you, and yeah. that's that's what I've talked about in the past about the Mavs' relentlessness on offense. It's, it's really frustrating for an opposing team and defense because no matter what scheme, other than a full court press without Luka. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. No matter what scheme you put together, they just find open shot after open shot. And they got a lot of shooters right now that just feel confident. And it's easy to feel confident when you have five feet to shoot the ball. True. And they never stop. And so that's why sometimes I think teams just get frustrated when they play them because they just keep coming at you. Yeah, you talked about um, guys for the Mavs that are playing really well. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., he played really well. But honestly he's been good this year, especially since he's been a starter. And like he has some bad games, but everybody does. Yeah. It's to the point where the bad games are the exception. Yeah. It's not like where, you know, you have some of these streaky guys where if you get a good game, it's like, all right, yeah, let's, let's take advantage of this. But with Hardaway, he's been pretty solid as a starter. If he has a bad game, that's when it's surprising that's when it's like oh this is out of the ordinary well and and every player has especially when you're a shooter yeah you have a couple of games in a row where your shot's not going for you but as long as you can limit the amount of those times which this year since he's been a starter he's really limited that and he's really been more on fire than he's been on uh, when he's not on fire so he he's been great yeah, Porzingis he, is, is sorry, is still a work in progress, but he hit a lot of threes last night. He's hitting them when he's open. Yeah, he was four for nine last night. Yeah. Hardaway uh, on three pointers. Yes. Hardaway was six for eight on three pointers. Luca was five for eight. So I mean, like the team shot forty seven percent on three pointers, so which is they, not going to happen. Yeah, often, they but. they kind of got on fire too, but they created really good looks. Like that was more within the flow of their offense, mm-hmm. whereas for the Warriors, it was really just D'Angelo like pulling up on these crazy shots. Yeah. And that really, to me, this is where the confusion of quote-unquote toughness and being soft comes in. Because a lot of people think that a tough team is one that will get in your face, will bark in your face, will push you, foul you hard. And they think that's what being tough is. And it's not. What being tough is, is being able to respond in a hostile environment or in a huge moment and delivering. Yeah. For example, execute. on the road 
hostile environment. The other team is trying to get in your face. They're on fire. And you had that mental toughness to not let any of that bother you. And you went out and you killed them. You destroyed them. That's what toughness is. Being able to hit shots when you need to hit them the most. And that means on the road in hostile environments or in the playoffs. That's being tough. Not pushing people around or elbowing them or that stupid stuff that the Warriors are doing. I see people on Twitter, they're so confused about what it is, what it means to be tough. And just because Chris pushed, you know, Luca down, it doesn't make Chris, Marquise Chris, tough. Yeah. It makes him an idiot. They were down by 20 yeah. at that. Well, yeah, it's it was, like, okay, you get a technical. That was soft. Or Draymond Green going at Chris Tops. Okay, you get a technical. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, what does that, that accomplish? When you're down by 20 and you push a guy, that's soft. Yeah. That's not being Because you can't handle it. And you know who, who did that? A very famous incident that happened was Andrew Bynum. Yeah. And even Kobe afterwards said, look, you got to win like champions. You got to lose like champions. And that's when you're tough. And the soft, weak, pathetic ones are the ones that have crazy antics when they're getting destroyed. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking we're so we're recording this segment before the Lakers game. So hopefully they show the same mental toughness. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be hilarious if against the Lakers they... They got bullied and pushed around. The, yeah. But at this point, I mean, we're 30 games in. I'm confident enough to say... This is who they are. Yeah. yeah. And and even if the Mavericks lose against the Lakers, which we'll do the recap on. Yeah. It is... I mean, they're still, you know, 21 and 11 at that point. Or maybe 22 and 10 if they beat the Lakers. Which I'm actually, at this point, confident that they will. They are, advanced stat-wise, the number two team in the league. Yeah. And, you know, at least net rating. And yeah, they, they have 10 losses... But it was Kirk Henderson, I think, that mm. brought out that of the 10 losses, five of them had a last two-minute report that went against the Mavericks. Yeah. And so who knows what their record would really be like. You take away those Knicks losses, and really this is well, just a different team. I mean, the the one obvious one that everyone... And I, and I hate harping on this because it was so long ago, but just speaking of it, mm-hmm. um, the Lakers game, the Dwight Howard foul, yes. all of that, yeah. like... It happens, I get it, but I'm just saying, like, that's one where probably the Mavericks win that one. And, like, at the end of the season, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares if you lost every game because of bad calls. Like, you have to win games no matter what. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it is, I guess just from a fan point of view, it's encouraging that a lot of the losses you had were just Mm -hmm. kind of these bizarre things that happened. Yeah, and so... I mean, the, the Toronto game, like, same thing. That was just, like, that's... Never gonna happen. I mean, there's again. there's maybe one thirty point comeback every two or three years, and it just yeah. happened to be. And it was if you take some of the things that happened in that game. Yes, the Mavericks did not play well. They did not respond well to the pressure. And they kind of. But at the same time, when you're down by thirty, you have to make every shot. And Kyle Lowry, Lowry literally made yeah. every shot. If one of those misses, one of those threes just clanks. And the Mavericks get the rebound, and they're, it's not a set defense. It's a different game. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of craziness to their losses. So, speaking of that game, um, the one of the things that the Warriors or that the, the Ra- Raptors. Raptors did <laughs> was full court press, like basically for the entire second half, which is not sustainable. A team can't do that the entire game. They would be dead by the end of it, especially in a playoff series. It's just not sustainable. But it's a fact that the Mavericks did really struggle against that and it seems so simple it's like when we're watching it we were like attack the defense like this Mm -hmm. is so obvious just either split the double or or move it along you're gonna get a wide open dunk they just could not figure it out and then i noticed that the warriors kind of did the same thing more and more teams are doing that against the mavericks now i think luca helps because he's the only one that seems to know what to do against that kind of defense well i have a couple of things about that okay yes the the bucks did it successfully and the raptors did it both of those were without luca true and the mavericks outside of luca are kind of small at the guard position jalen is kind of small seth is is a small two guard delon isn't but delon's not really your primary yeah like he makes plays but you know so they're a little bit small, and the opposing team, like Toronto, went really long and athletic. Yes, the Mavericks did not respond well to it. Uh, in fact, they really struggled. Jalen really I think they struggled with it. Yes. against it, really. And 
one, I just can't imagine Carlisle allowing that to be the reason why they lose a in series. a playoff series. Yeah. I just, Carlisle's going to clean that up. Secondly, the Warriors just gave footage to everybody. You can't do that when Luca's on the court. Yeah. Because they will torch you. Because he knows what exactly. to do. Exactly. He's yeah. he's calm. That's what I said when, when it was happening. You need your calm, big point guard because he just... He's so patient. He lets the defense come, and he looks to see what's happening, or he'll attack it. He does the right decision every single time. And basically, the other teams that are watching like, well, Luca's out there, so it's not really a good idea yeah. to trap him or to do a full-court press. I mean, they got wide-open threes. They got they some killed dunks. Them. Yeah, and yeah. then that's normally what happens when, when you, you press. When you do full-court press, yeah, yeah. The Raptors only kept – well, the, the Bucks started it because – they, they had no was, choice. Yeah, there was two yeah. minutes left. That's usually what teams do anyway. The Raptors, it happened to work because, again, they didn't have Luka, yeah. and the Mavs just did not know what to do. But, yeah, Luka, he's so tall and he's so calm that he knows what to do. He can see over the defense. He keeps it going. And they got easy shots because and of it. And there was a couple in the Warriors game where literally he knew exactly when the defender was going to come and where his teammate was going to be. And there was a couple of plays where as soon as the opposing defense ran towards him, the ball was already out of his yeah. hands. And Justin Jackson got a layup, and, and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith got a three. Tim Hardaway got a three. So you, you just can't really do that when Luka's out there. And again, I just I know Carlisle is not going to allow that to be the, the factor that causes him to lose. Yeah, I am. Um... You know, going back to the the Warriors game, and really this whole season, there's been a lot of blowouts. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the Raptors game was a blowout until like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, all this yeah. crazy stuff happened. And you were talking the other day about um, with all these blowouts and not a lot of close games. Like, does that scare you at all for like for the rest of the season or for the playoffs? I mean, it doesn't. I don't know if scare is the right term because. Obviously, if you can win by 15 or 20, yeah. you would prefer to do that. But the Mavericks do that so frequently. They have very few clutch time moments in a game. And we've seen them in those moments this year. They haven't done very well with them. They've and Granted, they've only had a handful of them, but yeah. they haven't done well in close games. And I think right now they're 500 or something in close games. Oh, okay. So you want to be better in those in those moments. But the problem is they blow everybody out. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. They, we were watching highlights today. Yes, that's what we do on our <laughs> off time is we watch highlights of the Mavericks. And we were watching Luca highlights. And like every time he's doing a play, they're up by 30 or 26 or whatever. Yeah. He never has to. If he played the fourth quarter, he'd aver he'd be averaging like 35 points a game. But he has so many games where he doesn't even play the fourth because they're already up by 30 yeah. or they're up by 20 when he comes out and then the bench comes in and takes it up to 30. Yeah. So, yeah, it does it does concern me a little bit because you're not getting a lot of experience in these close game moments. And in the playoffs, typically you don't have a lot of blowouts. Now, I will say just recently two of these close games, actually three of them, the Heat game, the Toronto game that became close and the Bucks game again. Luca wasn't playing those games, True. and so a lot of these, um, I hate well, saying a lot of the mishaps that came up. It was like you know Jalen Brunson really struggling down the stretch, or these different guys. That's not really a problem when Luca is in the game. And you also have the Lakers game, which was the last two minute report game. True. Sacramento game, which was the last two minute report game, that caused the Mavericks to to lose because they didn't get foul calls when they there should have been foul calls. And I know there's been other ones. So, yeah, some of their late-game losses have been because of bad officiating. But, again, you, you have so few of them that you're not really galvanized when it comes to yeah. And it's such a young team still. Yeah. But, and, you know, sorry, but last year Luka was, like, best in the league or one of the and, best yeah. in the league in clutch moments. So yeah, maybe shooting percentage. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's not something we even need to well, worry about. In the playoffs, I I don't playoffs. There's, not, there's not a lot of blow uh, blowouts in the playoffs, so there probably will be a lot more close games, and so we'll see if it hurts them or not. Like I said, I think it helps having Luca because, again, a lot of these problems with, you know, in the last few minutes when teams trap or double or or foul you intentionally and you have to make big big free throws, like when Luca isn't out there, 
you're more likely to make a mistake yeah. if it's like Jalen handling the ball or DeLon Wright or something instead of Luka. And you saw against the Warriors, Jalen didn't really play much. And I like Jalen, but really on this team... He's he struggled this year. He struggled, and, and because Luka is so good and DeLon... DeLon and Curry have a great two-man game going right now. And Jalen sometimes plays with them for very few minutes, and they play well, but, you know, it's just you got Luka and you got DeLon. Yeah. You, you don't really have a spot for Jalen. Well, and he just... And he struggled. Yeah, sometimes you know. it's like his mind isn't right. He makes these decisions... He looks like a rookie this year. Yeah, and, it's and weird. last year he didn't. Yeah, it's like, dude, what? where is your head at? Like, yeah. it's just bizarre it's not like maybe it's a sophomore slump uh, yeah but it's not like he's playing poorly like like he's missing shots or whatever it's his decision making is so opposite of what it was Mm -hmm. last year last year he was really solid but this year he's just doing some crazy stuff to be fair he has also had some really good games like against uh milwaukee in milwaukee he had i think 13 points and 11 assists or something Mm -hmm. he played really really well um, and he's had some other moments where he's played really well, but he's had a lot of moments, maybe more, that he just, like against Toronto, he literally got the ball and froze. Yeah. And it's like, just go. Yeah, like, and that really just killed yeah. him. Um, okay, so I want to move on to this other topic that I've kind of been thinking about. And Okay. So we talk it's a gonna lot. It's going to be deep. Yeah. <laughs> So we talk a lot about the start of the universe. The no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we talk a lot about Powell and, you know, we're not really high on him just because of um, how he struggles defensively. And I think we focus on that and and don't, um, we don't value as much what, what he does offensively as much as other people do. Because he doesn't do, do anything offensively. What does the Mavs do? Um, but I was, I realized really the reason why I feel that way is maybe I'm comparing this team too much to the championship team. And the probably the best center that the Mavs have had was Tyson Chandler, who was a defensive anchor. He actually kind of a lot like Kristaps defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and Powell is so opposite of that that I think I'm I just want him to be like the guy that I'm used to. And I realize maybe I should stop comparing this team to the championship team because Really, there's more than one way to win a ring. And so maybe he's not Tyson or or a defensive anchor as a center, but... But Porzingis is. Yeah, like maybe that's okay. Yeah. And so I went through the past 10 seasons, the championship teams, and looked at who was their center, and then so like what kind of center was he? So going back to 2010, and it's interesting, as I go through the, this list, you'll see how the league changed (laughs) over just the past 10 years so 2010 it was andrew bynum like the quintessential center yeah yeah big dude kind of slow yeah inside defensive guy 2011 tyson chandler kind of the same thing but not posting up really 2012 chris bosh and joel anthony so not as much of post-ups and really not as much defense but a guy inside that's really Mm -hmm. where bosh liked to play 2013, Chris Bosh again. By this time, he was but playing he was further a po- out. Yeah, he's a, a spot-up yeah. catch-and-shoot guy. At this point, he yeah. was shooting more threes. 2014, Tim Duncan, obviously. And he that's going like going back to the like the stereotypical big yeah. center kind of guy. 2015, Andrew Bogut, who, yes, he's a big dude inside, but it's not like he played inside offensively. No, he was more the defensive anchor. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2016, Kevin Love slash Timothy Mozgov. And so, like, yeah, you had the guy that was kind of inside. I mean, it was mostly Kevin Love, so not a lot of Mozgov. And then, yeah, Kevin Love, he's really an outside kind of player. Mm-hmm. 2017, Zaza Pachulia. Doesn't you, count. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, could say the defensive guy inside, but it's not like but he, he would was... Play like- 10 minutes and well and he wasn't like the defensive no. it's not like they he, needed to fill a spot yeah <laughs> um and then 2018 it was kind of zaza david west javel so sort of that type of guy 
but not at the level where you're like, oh, we rely on him to lock down the defense. And then in 2019, it was Ibaka and Gasol. They kind of shared. Again, like you had that defensively, but then offensively they could play outside. So, I mean, my point with that was like, okay, so there have been some guys that were definitely that guy inside. But then you had years where it was like Kevin Love and Chris Bosh, guys that played outside and defensively they weren't the big bruising guy so I was like you know yeah maybe Dwight Powell isn't Andrew Bynum but does it really matter like do you need that to win a championship yeah you you can like people have won a championship with that it works but there's more than one way to do it and I think they're just trying to do it the other way yeah my my thing with with Powell is that I don't like when people say he's so important to this team as if Powell does something that makes him important when he doesn't except what Carlisle tells him to do, which is on a pick and roll (laughs) roll. He does set good picks though. He does, but he sets better picks than Chris. He's not, he's not a, you know, a guy that's, that's not replaceable. Like you, you can replace Dwight Powell. There's a better version of Dwight Powell out there. Yeah, who can do what he does and also be, you know. So that that's my thing with Powell is I don't like when people defend him saying how great of a player is because when he's on the court, the Mavericks offense is this. When really it has nothing to do with Powell, but except the Mavericks offense and Luca and the kind of player that needs to be in that spot. Not taking anything away yeah. from him, but he. It, it's funny you mentioned comparing it to the 2011 team because in a way, it is still that way. It's just kind of the roles are different. For example, on defense, Tyson Chandler is Porzingis, or Porzingis is Chandler on yeah, defense. Yeah. But on offense, Porzingis is the Dirk. I know he's not Dirk, people. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, as far as the way the offense is yeah. run, he takes Dirk's role. Yeah. Powell on defense takes Dirk's role. Where oh, he's not yeah. and then on offense, he's Tyson's role. So it's just kind of yeah, you're, yeah, you're kind of right. You know, so you still have the same. Because offensively, all Tyson did was set really good screens. And, and, and roll. And then roll, yeah. And he'd get a lot of alley-oops with it. Yeah. But defensively, he was the anchor. Well, now you have your anchor in Porzingis, but your roll guy in Powell. And then they switch. On, yes. Yeah, so I know that's kind of a Martin, confusing thing. you just blew my mind. <laughs> I'm just saying. You just absolutely blew my mind. All right, let's not make it weird. Anyways... No, that's a good point, yeah. though. So that, to me, is is kind yeah. of the way. And that's Carlisle's offense. You know, you, you need a rim roller, and you need a floor spacer at the four. Yeah. It just happens that, to work out where Porzingis is a really good rim protector. And I think another reason why the Mavericks like Powell and Kleber <laughs> is because of their <laughs> ability. Yeah, is because of their ability to guard smaller athletic guys on defense especially yes and and so when you have Porzingis out there sometimes the other team is a little bit smaller and so Powell might get stuck guarding somebody that maybe quote-unquote could be a wing like Draymond yeah you know like last night against uh, the Warriors but they can do that because they're kind of small for their position and they move well and they move well and I thought that's I think is also why they see a lot of value yeah in him but I mean, honestly, you put Montrez Harrell in that role and it takes his team to a whole nother level. Yeah. Well, and I think, like you were saying, the thing that bothers you the most is just it seems like people overplay yeah. Powell's value. As if he is untradeable. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. Like, let's let's stop giving him credit. He's sometimes Well, he does the job well. He catches it and puts it <laughs> in the goal. Like he all he does is roll. You know, that's all he has to do. Sometimes he does a little finger roll when you're like, dude, just dunk it, you know? But that's personal preference. Yeah, but you're right there. Just throw it in. So either way, yes, you're right. We do compare it to the 2011 team because obviously, and and the Celtics did the same when they won in 2008. And that's, I was saying this a few episodes ago. I think every every team, team, yeah, yeah, every fan base does that. They Mm -hmm. compare their current team to their last championship team. Well, it's like the Lakers were trying to build the way the Cavs 2016 team did, uh, so on and so forth. So 
Yeah, so that was, I, I realized that the other day, I was like, you know, Powell, he's just, he's just not that defensive anchor. But then I was like, well, Porzingis so? Is. Yeah, yeah, like there's more than one way to, to win a championship. And then also it ties into um, Carlisle's thoughts on relying on the post. He said, you know, and everyone has read this quote about how it's just, an, it's an inefficient shot. It's just mm-hmm. not the way that the league is nowadays. And I don't, of course, this is me making an assumption. I don't think he means it like we never want to run a post play because they do run post plays. I think he just, they don't want to rely on it because it's a really tough shot, which equals inefficient. If you can yeah. get a wide open three in the long run, your points per possession, like the odds are in your favor. Well, and his point, you know, he'll use it in certain instances, but this whole thought, like uh, the TNT guys, when the Mavs come down, Porzingis needs to demand the ball yeah. in the post. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, he's not Shaq, you know, he's not anybody else, yeah. you know, that that played that way. That just nobody plays that way anyway. So again, anymore. I'm gonna go back through the last ten championship teams, and we're gonna do this the same thing with the post players. Okay. Oh, okay. To to show again how the league has changed. Andrew Bynum, post and guy, Pau Gasol. and Pau Gasol, yeah. Uh, 2011, you had Dirk. In 2012, you had Bosch a little bit. In 2013, he was spaced out more. 2014, you had Duncan. But, two- he, but 2014, Duncan, you weren't just giving him yeah. the ball. And they shot a lot more threes yeah, that year, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. By 2015, the Warriors, who was their dominant? There is no. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have one. In 2016, the the Cavs, maybe Again, Kevin Love. Nah, but he not, was a spot-up yeah. shooter, yeah. 2017 Warriors. Again, no, I mean no. maybe Kevin Love, but that's not Kevin what Love? he. Kevin Durant. Or, yeah, Kevin Durant, but no, that's not that's what he not, relied yeah. on. Yeah, and the same thing. 2018, and then 2019 with the um, the Raptors. Their best player is Kawhi. That's yeah. Like, again, he he could do it, but you can see progressively the post is just going out again because it's a very difficult shot. Now, yes, if if you are Shaq or Hakeem. Yeah. Or some of these all-time or greats. Dirk. Yeah, you yeah. can give them the ball in the post and they can deliver efficiently. Yeah. With all due respect to Porzingis, he's not that. He's not doing so that like, right now. Yes, yeah. on the Knicks, he could average 23, 24 points a game and be getting a lot of post-ups, but they'd be losing still. Yeah. And here, you know, he's 20 this is the best record he's ever had since he's well, been in the league. Think about the best teams in the league right now. You think the Bucks, the Lakers, and, yeah. the Clippers, the Rockets, the Mavericks, the Raptors. Not a lot of post-ups. Yeah, really, the only team you could say that really uses the post is the Lakers. And I mean, they do and it. And the Sixers. Yeah, the Sixers too is the other one yeah. I was going to say. And they do it effectively. But even Anthony Davis is not down on the block. Like, he's well, kind of a mid-post yeah, guy. Yeah, but same and he's, concept. And he's doing, you know, fadeaway turnarounds he's not doing yeah. hook shots and well and again that's, up and unders like kevin yeah, mchale that's carlisle's point is that f- you're gonna be out there you're gonna be shooting a fadeaway and just ask dirk it's a really difficult shot and we we watched a lakers game where they were starting to go down so they're like well what do we got to do let's get the ball in the post so they gave yeah. the ball and everybody stood there and yeah. watched anthony davis go to work and he did a great move but he got a tough tough shot and at the end of it it's only worth two points yeah. and and yeah he made a couple but he missed a couple yeah. and it was just it's wasted well, possessions and on the other end if the Mavs through their offense they can create an open three yeah that's three points and Anthony Davis just busted his tail trying to make two fadeaway jumpers that's four points the Mavs get a wide open three and it's yeah. the difference is one yeah you know so it's like you know, not you, not that the post is bad. Like I, the Mavs do still use it, just not as much because, like Carlisle said, it it's it's not an efficient shot. Yeah. I don't even want to. You know, people on Twitter would be like, uh, "Oh yeah, it's not an effective shot." Look, Embiid uh, scored thirty six points, but he's the exception. Yeah. Well, to not that. only that, they lost. Yeah. You know, so it's like <laughs> to the Mavs. You're, no, you no, they just well, they did lose to the Mavs, yeah. but they they lost against the Heat. And yeah. he had like 36 but points. But again, Joel Embiid is it's, one of the yes. best post players yeah. in the game. You can't say, well, because he does it, everybody should yeah. do it. That's the opposite uh, of the uh, superstar To argument. me, I, I'm going to trust a championship-level coach's opinion over 
Well, and like, it's, Shaq. Like, <laughs> my point was not to, like, my tone sounds really argumentative. And that's not really my point. It's just to, I guess I just got really passionate about it because when I looked at the history and then thought about, you know, current teams, like, it's true. It, it is an, an inefficient shot. And I don't think, like, I haven't heard a lot of Mavs Twitter, like, being upset about what Carlisle no. said. I think for the most part, Mavs Twitter is pretty logical and reasonable. It's more just, like, what you were saying, what Shaq and, and Charles Barkley were saying, and, is and he needs to go in the post. It's like, dude, you guys played, like, 20, 30 years ago, okay? It's just not him, the yeah, same. yeah. What, what, what do we have next on our docket? Okay, um, quick question. Will the Mavs get a Christmas Day game next year? They have to. Okay, so next yes. topic. Uh, you wanted to talk about the uh, Mavericks playoff odds. This is from Basketball Reference. Yes. So, kind of exciting. So Basketball Reference uh, gave their best chances to win the NBA Finals. Milwaukee was number one at 50%, which is really, really high, first I of all. I know, yeah. Um, Dallas was number two. At fourteen percent to win the championship, to win the the whole thing, the whole shebang, and the Clippers and Lakers are tied at third at eight point three. Now to win the Western Conference, Dallas was favored. They had a thirty three point four percent chance to win the Western Conference. The Lakers twenty five, the Clippers twenty three point six, Houston eight point five. Yeah. Whatever. So I and this that is was interesting. I I was surprised honestly to see them valued so highly from a, a really obviously basketball reference is all stats and analytics yeah. and they put in their information they have some sort of calculation yeah. so it it wanted i i wanted to go look at where the mavericks stand compared to all these other teams oh, in the like league current rankings yeah on yeah. nba advanced stats nba.com and when you look at some of these advanced numbers that the mavericks rate at you're I'm, I, you're going to be surprised. Okay. This team is Surprise me. is legit. Oh, obviously we know they're number one in offensive rating at 116 but points. But look at the difference. It's once between first and second place. It's huge. 116. Number two is 113. It, it's more 8. than two points. Yeah. <laughs> more than two point difference and defensive rating. They're still 15th, but they're less than two points out of being 10th, which is what the goal was to be 10th. But the net rating. They're second in the league behind Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got a ridiculous number, 12.5. It's because their defense is so good. It's so much better than the Mavs. Yeah. The Mavericks are second at 8.3. Now, that's actually been pretty consistent. Hmm. Now, the Lakers were up there for a while, but the Lakers have kind of fallen off. They had that four-game losing streak. So yeah. they're, they're now fourth at 6.7. But if you look at their player impact rating or estimate, I don't know what it means. <laughs> But they're, but they're num- third. Yeah. And that I like tells that. me they're behind Milwaukee and the Lakers. Their true shooting percentage, they're third. Effective field goal percentage, they're second. Turnover percentage, they're second. Rebound percentage, they're fifth. Assist to turnover, they're first. Net rating, second. Offensive rating, first. So in a lot of these advanced categories, they're top five. Yeah. And I just. I didn't see that coming into this year. I thought they were going to be good. How good this team really is, I don't know anymore. I mean, it's just offensively, sometimes, and, and more often than not, they just look unstoppable. Like, And it's not like they're doing anything crazy. Like They, they run an offense. They're just playing basketball out there. It's not anything really weird. They're just... It's they beautiful, get good though. looks, and, and I think a lot of it is Luca because he is so good, yeah. obviously. But they also have a good offensive scheme. So talking about their offensive rating and defensive rating, they're fifteenth, and we've talked about how we'd like for them to be top ten. I went through um, again the last ten years, uh, the last ten champions, mm-hmm. and all of them were at least top ten in both. Most offense of, and defense. Yeah, yeah, most of them were top five mm-hmm. in both. The exceptions were like if they were in the only in the top ten of one, like say they were eighth or ninth in one category, they were like number one in the in other the category. Other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if they kind of lacked in one area, they had to be the absolute best in the other area. But for the most part, they were top five in both categories. Yeah. So I mean, that does kind of concern me. Well, okay, concern, I don't know how it would concern you because 
were we expecting them to win the championship? Well, this I year? just if we're talking about if, winning the championship, if we're talking yeah. about the odds. Yeah. Okay, well, so for me, I I personally do not think the Mavericks will win the championship this year. I would be Blasphemous. shocked. Blasphemy. <laughs> But I just, I love the Mavericks, obviously. I just think they're a little too young. And I think that, uh, you know, somebody is going to figure out a way to slow them down in the playoffs. And obviously, it's got to be a really, really good team. Yeah. But they're going to find a way to slow them down. And that's where the Mavericks defense is going to hurt them. They got to do the same. Yeah. That's one reason. Sorry. Yeah. No no one's going to stop them offensively. But. I, like I said, I, I don't think the Mavericks will win the championship. But with all these numbers and these estimates that come out, I, I start to think more and more that they just might. Yeah, we were talking earlier, like, just honestly, what do we think are the odds that they could, like, what are they going to do in the playoffs? And what I said was, I think it depends on the matchups. And we've talked before about how the only team that really scares us is the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because the Clippers have played them the best so far. I mean, you know, taking out the crazy Raptors game, just like as a normal game, the Clippers have played them the best. And in terms of, you know, the trapping and the doubling, the Clippers really started that and did a lot of it, but not to the extreme that the Raptors did because that's not sustainable for a full game. But they did that off and on throughout the game. And I think when you talk about running that kind of defense, in order to sustain it, like you have to have the quality of players to be able to execute it consistently. Yeah. And I think that Clippers, I think they do. Well, I, obviously, talent-wise on paper, you would say... Well, and also Link, like uh, um, Chris Paul. Um, Paul, Paul Pier- George. Paul Pierce, well. <laughs> <laughs> Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly. Like the, yeah, they have a lot of like long, athletic, gritty guys that I think could do that. The only argument I would make is that we only saw them once. Yeah. And what we saw in that game was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a problem. Yeah. But other teams have tried that with Luka and the Mavericks. Uh, take That's away, true. there's a difference between trapping Luka and a full court press. Yeah. The full court press destroyed the Mavs against the Bucks and the Raptors. The trapping does not work with Luca, and the Clippers did it. Luca tried to do too much. Yeah, he continued to. He tried to do a James Harden, where he was still going to get. He tried to beat it himself. Yes, and and it didn't go very well. But then we saw other teams do that since then mm-hmm. because they saw the footage of the Clippers, and the Mavericks have have won those games. The Lakers, for example, are one of those teams. Yeah, they did that in L.A. and yeah. It bothered Luca in the first half, but the Mavericks were only down by two at halftime. And, and then in the second won. half, yeah, yeah, he figured things out. So I'd like to see how we respond against them again. We're going to see them a couple more times here uh, coming up in the month of January. I'd like to see how they play against them. And also, there's other factors into that. The Mavs, I think, had won five in a row at that point. Oh, okay. And sometimes you're just going to lose. I think Followell yeah. says it all the time. There's a thing when a team just wins five in a row where they just, it's just, they just lose. Yeah. And it's just so weird that it just happens that way. Not to take anything. And, and also, sorry, I know I'm just kind of rambling here. I'm sorry, bro. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers haven't played that good of defense since yeah. that game. Yeah. You know, so anyways, let's see how they respond again to the Clippers. But they did affect the Mavericks. But I think since then, teams have tried to do that on Luka and trapping him like the Warriors did last night, and, yeah. and they torched him. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I do want to see the next time they, they play the Clippers. Well, anyways, I think that's that's all for this episode. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff, and they're pretty fun to watch right now. Um, but yeah, let us know what you guys think about what we talked about. The post, the comments that Carlisle made about the the post game, I know like a lot of people are fired about about that. So feel free to tweet us. I'm at underscore Sydney Myers. Martin is at Martin L Myers. You can follow the show at Dallas Hoopscast. Maybe you can listen to new episodes, read exclusive articles at DallasHoopscast.com, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. Wow, <laughs> Marty. I was doing that to mock you. Wow. Because you say that like 40 times. Wow. Okay, so... You never saw Monty Python (laughs) in the Holy Grail? Oh, my God. God.
Where did that come from? I don't know. Just it drives me nuts. You didn't see Monty Python. God. You never seen Fuse Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh my God! Wait, hold on. Have you never seen Ferris Bueller's see, Day Off? See, this is what I'm talking about. As if there's some enlightenment out there that I didn't have. It's a freaking movie about a, a kid classic. who ditches class. No, okay, it's a okay. classic. It's not the story that makes it amazing. It's the it's what happens. It's everything. Anyways. <clears throat> okay. Okay. 